Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. fans this is mike k from nj advanced media and welcome to the no huddle show podcast where we discuss anything and everything philadelphia eagles you can read our content on nj.com slash eagles bookmark that and you can subscribe to our exclusive eagles insider tech service where we'll break news give you insider observations and provide in-depth analysis through eagles extra you can send questions and comments directly to us and we'll respond to your phone with me today as always is my fellow eagles beat reporter chris franklin today we're going to discuss the Eric Wilson signing, the possibility of movement in the first round, and the Eagles' biggest needs heading into the draft. Chris, how you doing today? Not bad at all, Mike. You know, it's uh, it's quickly approaching. You mentioned a draft, man. It's, it's hard to believe that we're almost there. I mean, just a few weeks from now, we're, we'll be seeing who the Eagles add to there. And then the Eagles made a couple moves uh, yesterday. So it's, it's fun times right now, man. How are you doing? I'm well, man. Just hanging in there, you know, just trying to do... My part, I guess, on this beat to kind of have some fun and, and make sure that we're covering the team the right way, I guess you could say. Um, so let's just just get into it. So they signed Eric Wilson on uh, Wednesday, uh, recording this on a Thursday. Um, <clears throat> look, this is an upgrade in my opinion. Um, I'm while there have been rumors that he might play middle linebacker, it sounds like he's not very good against the run and he has trouble getting off blocks, but he's an elite coverage guy. So I, I would probably project him to be an outside linebacker. Um, he's very, very fast and fluid. He's a guy who makes a lot of plays on the ball. Um, right now, my guess is in base, it would be Eric Wilson at will. Uh, Alex Singleton at Sam and then TJ Edwards at Mike and then Singleton and uh, Wilson would be the nickel linebackers and then Wilson would be the dimebacker as well. Um, he does have some safety hybrid stuff to him. He played safety in high school, uh, pl- played a little bit of safety in college. So Overall, I look at this move as an opportunity to improve coverage and also to reunite him with former uh, Vikings assistant linebackers coach Nick Rallis, who, of course, is now the new linebackers coach in Philadelphia. What do you think of the move? I actually like it a lot. I think the one when you look at he's a young guy, he can go ahead and he's like you said, he's he's athletic enough to go ahead and go cover that curl flat area, especially when you have the ability of running backs nowadays to catch the ball out the backfield and, and are that are quick. So I think that definitely helps out as well too. And you mentioned, as you mentioned before, I think I also think he's going to be a will backer because given how uh, the Colts used their defensive alignments last year and, and, and their philosophies, it definitely looks like they, they usually like to have their most athletic linebacker to be the will. And I think that's actually a good thing for him because you don't put him in the sit- potential situation of having to go head up all the time against a tight end and get caught up and 
get washed out there. So I think Singleton going to the sand was going to good and just it's an overall good upgrade to this linebacker core. I mean, when's the last time you've been able to say that in, in, in earnest about this team? So it's a one-year deal, so you get a chance to see what he's able to do. And if you like him, you have a chance to re-sign him. And if not, it doesn't work out, then you can move on. But overall, I think it's a, it, it helps out in so many aspects on his, on the back end of the defense. Well, and I think something that we need to clarify, too, is he's not like a Corey Nelson signing. He's not a Jatavis Brown signing. This isn't a guy who is a career special teams ace who's just coming in and trying to win a starting job. This is a guy who started last year, had 122 tackles, three sacks, three interceptions, um, he's a guy who has eight sacks through the last three seasons. So you know, he's probably a, a relatively good blitzer. Um, and look in Mike Zimmer's system, if Jonathan Ginn's going to run that, especially with a lot of cover two looks, I mean, these linebackers are going to get the opportunity to blitz. And I think that favors somebody like Singleton and somebody like Wilson. So, um, I don't know if it really helps TJ Edwards. I don't know how much of a fit TJ Edwards is. He's a guy I like a lot. Uh, I think he can be a good special teams player, but as far as starting at middle linebacker in a zone heavy system, I don't know if that makes a ton of sense. Um, what do you think about TJ Edwards moving forward with Wilson in, in house? Well, I think it, it, just Given the way the game's going now with everybody a lot, everybody throwing three wide receivers on there, so you're going to see a lot of nickels. So Edwards, I think, it's almost like the the old school middle linebacker now are are, are going away of the fullback where they're like a novelty. It's almost you don't really see that that many run oriented middle linebackers now, and and that's where he excels, I believe. So he has the ability to contribute, like you said, on special teams. But I, I still think if when it comes to short yardage, he's still a, a good asset to have. It's just gonna be a. It's gonna be up to Gannon to find a way to try to scheme it so he's not exposed out there in pass coverage. If 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 a team goes ahead and decides to go like a twenty-two two tight end two running back system and is short yarded, so if I still think he's still adds value to this team, it's just definitely gonna be they're gonna to have to find a way to, uh, to 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 creatively insert him into the lineup. Yeah, I I, I mean I think. You know, I, I think they're going to have to draft somebody and and kind of make sure that they're continuously upgrading the talent there and creating more competition. Do you agree? Uh, yeah, I think uh, yeah. Comp- well, we, as as we uh, Nick Sirianni said a lot <laughs> over in, in his uh, first press conference, he loves competition. I mean, so so it only it only helps out. I think in the end, and in worst case scenario, if they don't find a spot for him he still has he's still a good enough player that some teams may be interested in him you may who knows get a day three pick for him in order to go and uh to get back so even if it doesn't work out then hey you know what he's still a good player he's still very young as well too and he'd latch on somewhere but overall i don't think there's any downside of having him on a roster at all i don't think uh, he's gonna i think he's gonna be still be able to be a contributed player i think you know, I think when you look at Davian Taylor and you look at Sean Bradley, these are two guys who are unknown. The same with Joe Bocci and, and Jannard Avery kind of at the linebacker positions unknown. It's going to be interesting to see how they value the internal guys 
Um, I get the vibe from everything that I'm hearing that Alex Singleton will be a starter. So you can probably just convince yourself that Wilson and, and Singleton are, are guys. Uh, outside of that, I think this is going to be a really healthy competition. Um, you know, uh, well, let's briefly touch on Jordan Howard because I think a lot of people made a big deal out of this. And to me, this is like the most irrelevant thing to discuss ever. I know that sounds weird <laughs> introing a topic, but Jordan Howard's probably on a minimum deal. Uh, he's not guaranteed to make the team. Uh, he was abysmal for the Dolphins last year. I'm still shocked at the contract that he got by the Dolphins because it made literally no sense. Um, he was coming off a stinger injury that like basically shut him down for half a season and they paid him like top of the market running back money and he predictably failed. Um, look, I think if you're the Eagles, you're looking at this as, hey, this is a guy who's familiar with our building uh, he can be a power back if if he plays to his potential. You're getting him for nothing. Uh, I, I'm I'm blah on this. Like I, I don't really think this moves the needle one way or another. Where are you with it? I think it it gives you. I I still think he's their best pass blocking. Even if he didn't play, play that much. I still think ability wise, I think he's one of their better pass. I think he is. I mean, their low best pass low blocking running back. low bar, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> He is. And then worst case scenario, you have a shirt yards back. But I don't think this stops the team from drafting a guy. I don't think a draft draft guy or signing a, a, a top tier undrafted free agent as well, too. There's they're not locked in long term. Now, if they signed him like they did, like like a two or three year deal, then I'd be a little more concerned. But I think overall, there's no downside. And we know that Scott and Sanders have been in the league now for a few years now, but it doesn't help to have the guy who's been there even longer, a vet, a guy of his veteran stature. So. He he he's not the same Jordan Howard that we saw in 2019. He's not he's not on that level, but I still think he's good enough to potentially be like a a, a third running back on on his squad. And it, it, I, I I think yeah I think the concern level for a lot of people it's just to come up down just a little bit. It's, it's I don't think it's anything of a, to fret about. I. He- so a lot of people are going to say, why not just get a day three guy to mold? Um, you know, that, that. Oh, no, go ahead. I don't know, say when it comes to these day, the day three guys, I mean, you, you don't know what you're, you don't know what you're getting. I mean, sometimes you're able to find good quality running backs and in, in that sixth round, six, six, seventh round, i.e. Jordan Hour. But uh, when you look at, I think, there's still a learning curve that's associated with it. And when you look at the intricacies, like you, you don't want to completely put your offense, Jalen Hurts in a bad position as well. So it means already going to be, he's only his second year. You don't, you want somebody to, that knows the scheme enough to go ahead and start to pick up some of those, those blitzing linebackers or, or the occasional cornerback or slot, slot guy coming out there. So you need somebody that's able to know, go ahead and know to do that stuff. And, you just it, it, it doesn't preclude. I mean, look how look at last year. I mean, look at Michael Warren. You know, Adrian Killens. Everybody thought that these guys, self included, thought these guys would be able to contribute, and they had good careers, and they really didn't. You don't know what you're going to get, so it doesn't help. It doesn't hurt to have that guy, that veteran guy, there to go ahead and help out with things. But here's the thing, though. He's a 26 year old that like what like see. 
So I'm all for the veteran mentor thing, but let's get into this. It's just like I'm kind of just like always confused as to how a, a rookie quarterback always needs a veteran mentor, right? So wouldn't it just be better if they had really good coaching? I mean, I th- like I think to me that's that's kind of where I'm at. You know what I mean? Like, I get it. I mean, Jamal Singleton's been around forever. He's a former running back. He's older. Like, do they need a mentor in the running back room? Running back is typically the room that is, like, the easiest to adapt to as an NFL player. So that's kind of where I'm like, look, if if your argument is, look, they're bringing him in to be, like, a really good blocker, I completely buy that. That's that's completely fine. But the whole like men- mentor thing, like he's 26 years old. Uh, he's played like two more years than Boston Scott. So, you know, to me, like that's not the angle I would take. I mean, I get what I get what you're saying, though. And also, I think I think when it comes to like that mentor role, stuff like that, I think that. It is. It does add a little bit more value. I mean, I know a lot of people think like, oh, well, like you said, like you could bring in coaching. But when you look at a lot of times they're, they're coaches and you tune out when you see somebody else, one of your peers that you suit up with every week and they're doing the same things. It, it has a little bit more credence. If you say, hey, and I think especially with only being two years older, I think it helps out a little bit more when you start. It's almost like you see your uh, if you hear your dad going like, y'all don't go out and uh, don't play in the street. But then you see your older brother's like, you know, it's like, I don't want to listen to him go out. But then your older brother just goes, you know what? Yeah, maybe it's not a good thing, but maybe you can do this instead. You kind of take credence. Like, all right. Like the first time you hear, you're like, oh, okay, why am I doing this? But then the second time, especially with somebody that you know that you know or close this to This analogy to you, is wild. Sentence. This analogy is wild. <laughs> like I lost you like 20 minutes ago. It went all off kilter. But it's, it's sort of so like this. When you see somebody you're suiting up with and you, and, and close in age and everything else. And they give, I think they add credence to whatever a coach says. I think it just hammers the point home. Instead of just hearing somebody from like, Hey, you played about 10 years ago. Eh, maybe you, you sometimes question a little bit, but it, it just hammers home. I think we have a player in a similar situation. Yeah, I agree. Um, I agree with that. That's fair. Uh, so let's, let's uh, move on here. There's been a lot of talk about the first round, and I've been very aggressive with this because I actually think the trade back is very, very smart from a from a strategic standpoint. Okay, um, we discussed it last week, but obviously last month, or sorry, last month, but the Eagles traded back from six to twelve, got a 2022 first round pick in the mix. Um, that was huge. Because that's an overpay for the Dolphins. Um, so the Eagles have that house money. They have the potential to have three first-round picks next year. They don't even have to look at next year's draft to move up the board, though. Um, that Carson Wentz third-round pick that they got for this year will help them maneuver around the board if they want to. So let's talk about this. So they traded back to 12. That's not to say that they didn't like the talent in the top 11, it's to say, wow, they're getting a first-round pick for trading back six spots. This is a smart move for the future of the franchise. That said, they could easily move back into the top 10 uh, with the use of a third-round pick. Um, they have the 70th overall and 84th overall picks in the third round. They could use the 70th overall pick to get to eight with the Carolina Panthers, who just traded for Sam Darnold, so it's not like they're gunning for a quarterback. Uh 
they could trade up to nine with the 84th overall pick. So both of those would help them jump Dallas and the Giants in case they felt that there was a position of need that was similar to theirs, like corner or offensive tackle. They could jump up the in front of those guys and take their um, their take the guys that they could potentially target. Uh, they could also stay at twelve and trade back into the first round. They pick at number thirty-seven, and those third-round picks can help them get as far as the twenty-third overall pick based on the value chart. So. I actually think this trade back allows them to be aggressive. Instead of waiting for somebody to fall to them at six, they can watch how the board kind of falls. And if they like a guy, they can strike when the timing's right. Um, as we've seen, there could potentially be four quarterbacks taken in the first four picks. That'd be the first time that's ever happened in NFL history. And so once you get to five, let's say Jamar Chase is there and the Bengals simply just want to get out of the pick to, you know, pick up a couple of picks like, Maybe that's how you jump and get somebody because you still have that house money, that 2022 Dolphins first round pick. Where are you at with the way they can maneuver around the board? I have no problem if they move up. I'd probably say if if the Eagles moved up to say as high as eight with the Panthers, I think that would probably be the most optimal move to do it. Just because looking at potential needs that some of these teams have, when we look at the Broncos, I think they, they could definitely be in a cornerback market. Dallas could be in a quarterback market. I think the whole stuff with Kyle, them being interested in Kyle Pitts, I think is potentially a smokescreen. And then you got the Giants as well, too, which they you know they don't need a wide receiver. You're probably, they're probably more apt to go ahead and look at an edge rusher now with all the extra guys they have. So I think the Eagles, especially with all the, the ammo that they have, if they gave up a third-round pick to move up to eight, there's no problem at all with the Panthers. I mean, they – the Panthers already have, if anything, I think they would look at potentially a receiver, but they got Robbie Anderson down there, and they're looking. They're probably, if anything, looking to build around Sam Darnold now. So the Eagles go using a third round pick to move up. Okay, I'm completely fine with that. If they see, if they happen to go ahead and their guy like uh, Slater, the offensive tackle, falls down to him, uh, and he's the best guy that's available on the board, and both corners are gone. I actually wouldn't have a problem with them trading back a couple spots to go ahead and pick up some more stuff to be to maneuver around later on, like later on next year, as potentially as well too. So, as long as they go up, if they stay target eighth with the Panthers, I think that's the place to go potentially ninth. But they're going to, if they do be aggressive and try to get a cornerback, they're going to have to get to that spot in order to do it. Yeah, I mean, I think I think what I'm saying is is look. Let's say at 12, you draft J.C. Horn. You still have the opportunity to trade up and get somebody like Rashad Bateman or, or you know, uh, Terrence Marshall. Like, talk a little bit about that. Talk about your mindset of double dipping. I think it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I think they're going to be if, – if, I think if they're going to trade up in that later first round, I think you there's a lot of linemen now be available. I think that's the best way to do it. And if they go ahead and – I, I'm not so sure if I would go ahead and give up that Dolphins first round pick, but that Colts conditional pick, I'm all for giving that one up because even though more than likely it's going to go ahead and convert to a first round pick, the Colts are as successful as it potentially could be. I think it's going to be a worse pick than it would be when, than a Dolphins pick. So if you do move up and you want to go ahead and give 
and give that pick away, I'm all for giving that pick away. But I wouldn't touch the Dolphins one. I wouldn't certainly wouldn't touch the Eagles on first round pick because it, it potentially probably is going to be a t- another top ten year we get a top ten pick given the the year they potentially could have. But if there's a t- like a Eliza, uh, the USC offensive lineman seems skates me, me right now. But if he if a guy like that interior guy interior lineman is available right now that could potentially play be a guard or a swing tackle for years. I'm all for going up and getting that guy. Yeah, I mean, look, I think I think they're in a position to be as aggressive as possible. And I think, you know, knowing that you have potentially three first-round picks next year, you can feel good about trading one of the third-round picks. Everybody talks about wanting all these picks, but realistically, you're going to have guys like Davian Taylor who need a couple of years. You're going to have guys that you can draft in the later rounds that you think have potential to play right away. You look at guys like Jack Driscoll and Quez Watkins, one would say that people have a higher outlook on him than Davian Taylor, right? So I I think, look, these third round picks allow them to move up and down the board. And I know, uh, look, you traded Carson Wentz and you want to be able to use the plethora, uh, the, the two picks that you got for him. But what says that, they get like, here's the thing that player is always going to be associated with that trade. You're better off trading. Not that this is the reason to act, but you're better off using the value from the Wentz trade to better your team by improving your ability to double dip with top tier premium talent. That's where my outlook is. Their two biggest needs, in my opinion, are cornerback massive drop off wide receiver. So if you have the opportunity to double dip, it makes sense, especially if let's say both corners are off the board and you decide Quiddy pay can be the future of your pass rush. You draft him. Well, you still need a corner. Now you can trade up and get somebody like Greg Newsome or Eric Stokes or what have you. That's all I'm yeah, saying. It, it, it makes sense. It, it, it definitely, it, it makes sense in order to do that. Um, I think going to see the corner, the corners. Like I think, still think there's it's a deep, for me is I think it's a that second tier cornerback, cornerback area is, is pretty deep. So I don't, I don't know trading up specifically for him uh, for for a corner. I think there's still I think a couple guys might fall aboard. I think Asante Samuel Jr. I think is a good potential guy who could be there as well too. So I'm not, I don't know if it's a four cornerback. I'm not trading so much. I actually like Nico Williams a lot, and I think he, Nico Collins. Sorry. And he from Michigan. I think he's a wide receiver that can still fit what they're looking for. It can be an X guy. So I think there's guys still later on that you can still pick up and get. So I, I wouldn't. I, even then, if I think when it comes to what their their needs are, at least at like say the receiver position and cornerback, I still think there are guys that will fall, would fall to that you don't necessarily don't have to jump up to get if uh, unlike a position like say offensive line. Yeah, I mean, I think it's all about how you value the board and value the positions, right? Like, we know that the Eagles historically build through the trenches. I don't think they would trade back into the first round for a linebacker, uh, (laughs) especially after signing Wilson. Yeah, um, (laughs) or a running back. I think when you look at the wide receiver position, I know everybody in the fan base views that as a glaring hole, but they've realistically invested in guys like uh, Jalen Rager and and spent picks on Quez Watkins, JJ Arcega, Whiteside, John Howe, top, Hightower. We've seen a lot of potential from Travis Fulgham, who kind of wore out his welcome with the old staff because he kind of freelances routes a little bit. Um, 
And then they had Alshon Jeffrey come back. So there is like this balancing act that you need to do between, hey, do you take Jamar Chase, who's the blue chip guy? Or do you, I mean, like, do you trade up for him or do you try to get him? Or do you settle for Devonta Smith and Jalen Waddle as basically consolation prizes? Very good consolation prizes, by the way. I'm not like discrediting them or whatever. But if you're not going to get the top guy, maybe you feel like you need to get the top guy at corner or the top guy at pass rusher, if that makes sense, right? So I think that's something that the Eagles need away. Now, that said, they draft Jalen Waddle. I think the fan base is going to be thrilled. If they draft Patrick Sertan, I think the fan base will definitely understand that pick. Uh, J.C. Horn, I think there will be some, you know, separate, there will be some divide there. But I think Quiddy Pay is a guy who not enough people are talking about. And I do think, like, if there wasn't, if there was a top-tier pass rusher in the top 10, they wouldn't have moved out. That's my belief. Just based on philosophy, based on what I, I hear and know, I think they are really trying to upgrade that pass rushing rotation at some point in this draft. And so it's something to watch out for. And I think if the fan base gets upset over them drafting Quiddy Pay at 12, I still think they should be on high alert because the Eagles have the ammunition to move back up into the first round and potentially get a playmaker or a cornerback. Um, to me, like I said, I think cornerback is an astronomical need here. Uh, you're going to move Avante Maddox back into the, the nickel position. Cool. He was, he's fine there. I wouldn't say he's great. I'd say he's fine. Darius Slay on the wrong side of 30, but still a top tier cornerback. You're good there. But that second spot is currently being filled by Craig James, who hasn't played, who, who's, who started like two games in his entire career and is mostly a special teams ace. You also have Michael Jaquette. You don't know who, what he is. You don't know really what, um, uh, you know, Levert Hill or whatever his name is. is you know, like, like there's not enough talent there and it's easily their most glaring hole. And so I think if you're the Eagles... And you have the opportunity to jump the Cowboys, excuse me, and the Giants to get Patrick Sertan, or you really feel like J.C. Horn can fall to 12. That's where I would go. Um, I've watched Quiddy Pay. Uh, I think he's got a ton of potential. He's extremely athletic. But the college production, to me, kind of would scare me off a little bit. I think um, he's a guy you take if you feel like you're comfortable at wide receiver and cornerback, and I don't think they are. Yeah, I think that's uh, it, he's he's definitely not bad. I I'd like I still like Russo from Miami. I, I he's I, don't, I wouldn't take him that high. I, that's why if, I think that if a lot of guys that they're really truly targeting are going to trade back, if you're going to go that defensive end round, I think he's athletic. I think his upside, I like him a little bit more than Pay. I think Pay's really good. I like Russo what he could potentially bring as well too. He's raw, but I think we're given his size, his athleticism. I think he can go ahead and and give a lot to this defensive line and get and add a different dimension to it as well too. So, if if say Sertain goes, Sertain goes, if you say if Horn goes, if Waddle goes, Pitts, all those guys, then I wouldn't be afraid. I wouldn't be adverse to trading back and I'll go ahead picking up a guy like Rousseau and as well too. And I think a lot of people, the I know there's a big red flag on him as well too, but I wouldn't be counting on Caleb Farley. You know, I mean the guy had. Some had to have back surgery, clean up some stuff, but he still was a very talented guy. And if if he's if it looks like he's going to be back down there, that you know what, that's the only reason that 
I would probably say that if he's still down there in like late at 25, I don't see it, but if he's down there like 25, 26, and then, and, and you have the opportunity to trade up, then I would grab him then. But I think he's going to be going before then. But I, I think, I still think if you go defensive line, I really like Russo still. Yeah. I mean, my issue with Russo is the three cone. Uh, his three cone, he it messed up. <laughs> Well, no, he messed up. Like, uh, I think, I think for me, that one year production, it's an incomplete grade. So I I don't know. I I, I just think to me, it's, I I don't know. I would stay away. I don't think there's enough information, if that makes sense. You know, um, let's talk about uh, their needs overall. What would you say is their biggest need that we haven't talked about? What's the under the radar need for them? I think they, when looking at everything else, I really think they still need. I think they need another. They need. I wouldn't be surprised to get another defensive tackle. I look at right now. You have Hargrave and Cox. They're both Hargrave. You know, it's going to be a. He's, his contract's not long, and Cox is getting older, so I think it's another guy that uh, you need some guys to go ahead and, and fill that spot. And I also think they, it still wouldn't hurt to go find another safety. I mean, Ronnie McLeod's getting older, coming off an ACL injury. Kayvon Wallace is still young. And then you, I just think they're still, they don't have that guy that you look from, that you could see on the roster of three years from now that could be a potential starter. There's so many question marks around there. I mean, I know they had the free signing there, but it's not. There's nothing major. That, there's nothing there at that position where I think that you feel a hundred percent about for the future. So I think safety is another position that they should definitely look at and, and address. What about I you? I agree. I agree. I think safety is a big need. Um, I still think linebacker is a tremendous need, uh, even with Eric Wilson here. I, I think um, if you look at their overarching um, needs defensive end again is a big need because look, Derek Barnett's on a one-year contract. Uh, Brandon Graham's getting up there in age. Uh, Josh sweats in the last year of his contract. And outside of those three guys, they have Joe Osman, right? So I think defensive ends a much bigger need than a lot of people realize. And so, you know, with that said, uh, you know, I, I think when we, you know, wrapping this up in a bow, I think the Eagles shouldn't rule out any potential position to upgrade. You've got a new coaching staff. You have 11 draft picks. Um, You have the ability to maneuver around the board. Look, I know there are guys that would disappoint um, the fan base. I know there are prospects that some people will feel like they should avoid, like Russo to me. I get it. I see the production. I see the attributes. I don't see the 12th overall pick uh there um but again some people might so i think it's just going to be really interesting to see how this whole thing comes together in your final thoughts chris tell me what you're looking forward to like should the make a pitch for a position the eagles should address in free agency before the draft i think looking at what the the things that he really need to go ahead and address still would be to try to find another cornerback i think it's going to be a learning curve when it comes to whatever new guy comes in there. I mean, you can go, go ahead and use a lot of raw talent in order to go ahead and just run with somebody. But I think when it comes to a little nuances of playing that zone, 
I think it comes also when it comes to the tackling. I think they still need a good tackling corner and being the outside edge as well, too. So if they could find somebody who's a cornerback that can go ahead and who can play outside cornerback because Lord knows they have enough slot guys in there. They can go ahead and uh, that can go in there and, and contribute and hold the Ford in potentially in just like a, as a placeholder for whoever they draft at cornerback. I think that would be a good way to go. What about you? I mean, I, I think corners, the, the move, Steve Nelson, do it. That's that's, that would be the guy, but outside of that, the, the pickings are slim. So guys, remember to download the no huddle show podcast and subscribe wherever podcasts are available. Make sure you sign up for Eagles extra. We'll have an exclusive Q and a, uh, later this week on Friday uh, at noon. Really looking forward to it. Guys, uh, appreciate you joining us. For Chris, I'm Mike. We'll see you soon.